so the 10 years post renovation my, my role has sort of evolved and, and changed and uh, taken on more responsibility both with the club as well as outside you know being involved with the uh, Carolinas Board of Directors. You know, I always like to tell tell the folks that I'm working with look when you get a chance to get some sleep, go get some sleep. You know, I know you're going to be wired, you want to stay up all day, but but you're getting up at 3 and you're going to bed at 11 and you just can't, you can only do that for so long, so. You know go what, with the turf you, degree, you know go what, with no, the turf no, degree. No, I have to address this. In, in the first three episodes, yes. you get kicked around. I, I know, thank you. You get kicked around. I mean, you are the Rodney Dangerfield of the turf industry. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the people appearing on the show and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas GCSA or the show's sponsors. You're listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture, an innovative company that is dedicated to your success by pioneering new technologies to provide solutions for your challenges. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is a partner you can grow with and provides the latest products from all of the leading manufacturers. Simplot Turf and Horticulture bringing Earth's resources to life. Now, here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Happy New Year. Welcome to another episode of Pulling Weeds. I'm here with my man, Tim Krieger. Dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. Why don't you just move five feet back from the microphone? I'm not ready to start yet. I'm trying to get where my voice is going to sound right and how I can understand now what it sounds like to the listeners when I'm here versus when I'm up here and... Tim is wearing headphones for the first time. What's supposed to be better? Because we're going to start all this over, right? Are we? Happy New Year! Yeah. Welcome it. No? Yep. Sure. Okay, so every time we go to record an episode, Tim has bubble gum in his mouth. And, he, and we're doing, you know, checking the microphones, getting it ready, and I said, man, got to get it out of here. So I finally just talked him into putting on the headphones so he could hear what I hear. It's so loud. I can turn you down a little bit. Yeah, turn me down a little bit. Is that any better? That's a lot better. Okay, good. You're screaming at me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm talking to the Alec Baldwin character now, the sweaty balls guy. Okay. I don't know what that means, but that hurt my feelings. SNL. All right, well, I'm just going to let everybody hear then the world. Apparently, that annoys Alan. (laughs) If you are commuting to work, would you like to hear more of this? Just send us a DM and let us know in the old... Oh, but Can man. we call it the double 20? 2020, double 20. Can we be the first to call it something new? We're going to go with something new? We've already got new things going. I just meant 2020. Okay. Like, what's the catchphrase going to be? Like, what I are gotcha. people going to refer to 2020 as? I got gotcha. you. What did you refer to 2019 as? Last year. But did you say 2019 or 219? The 21.9... 219. <laughs> Something I'm excited about is GIS, my first one. How did you just jump right into some serious topics while we're still trying to figure out what 2020 is going to be called? We just got to figure out 2020, period. All right, so something on a more serious note, people. As we move into Season 2, Series 2 of Pulling Weeds, um, I've got headphones on. Yep. Here. <laughs> From now on, he's going to have headphones. It's I think what we're going to do as well 
is um, get one of those like uh, drapery from behind type things that goes up. You know, like yep. a little screenshot uh, backdrop. Mm-hmm. Backdrop for our guests. For everyone, I think we're going to have that set up going for maybe even some sound soundboard. Is that what it's called? Foam board, something like. Okay, yeah, something to stop the volume. You know, I think we're going to start looking professional. It was kind of echoey. Professional. It was echoey at Al Wilson's place. This is a challenging room, no carpet. I've learned that, right? Yep, yep. We're getting a little bit of that in here too today. So you just took our setup from thirty minutes to about an hour. Your setup. I said hour. <laughs> Did I say my? I, you definitely said hour. Oh, okay, yeah. And I get yelled at for getting involved when I unzip the wrong case, so. No, you don't. All right, folks, my point to all that was the serious note was that we're going to start with a little bit more um, research on our guests. We're going to do a little bit more um, scripting ahead of time, and we're going to kind of try and bring this thing forward. We got to get serious about getting the toothbrush. I need the quip. I've asked for it for the last three holidays and have not received it. Still continue to get underwear and socks. Love you, family. But my point is we have to earn it. Get everybody to go do a five-star review right now on Apple and we'll be good. I got to tell you. So we were looking the other day, and I was listening to a podcast that shamelessly was plugging. They needed them on Apple. They talked about all their other platforms were fine, but they needed five-star reviews on Apple. Really? Not only the stars, but also then some reviews. And so... I said, well, let me see how many we've had. And I don't know what I was on, uh-huh. but it said 567. Really? Had, like, reviewed us. Not, like, written reviews, but rated, I guess. Correct. And so I started looking at comparable other podcasts that I listen to that are, like, big-time well-known chains. And they're in the 11 to 17, 1800 range. Wow. And so I'm sitting here thinking, man, we are, we're okay. Yeah. So, anyhow, I, uh, long story short, I get back to it the next day, and I'm going to send you this information. Right. Which we were at like 54, so I was looking at the wrong podcast. Oh, boo. So we could use some help, folks. Yeah. Five-star reviews on the Apple um, device would be great. Help Tim out there. He would appreciate that. The whole point of that is the sponsor for a lot of podcasts that gets up and running is the Quip Toothbrush. Or a mattress company. And then when you get big time, you get the mattress. Oh, that's big time? I think it's bigger than a toothbrush. So, before we jump into GIS, I, this is something I do enjoy. We talk about a member benefit on the on the uh, pulling weeds. What you got today? Regular meetings. Regular meetings. Yes, sir. What about them? You tell me. How's that a benefit? Uh, so, the mission of our association is to provide continuing education for golf course superintendents. And you, to become a golf course, a certified golf course superintendent, you have to have so many education points, okay? And you can achieve those through your local chapters. We being one of 96 GCSAA chapters are an outlet for those points. We have a conference and show that offers 27 to 30. Yeah, tons. Classes that you can get that from, right? Along with that, during the year, we have three other, quote, regular meetings where members more geographically centered could attend and still get, hopefully, education as well as then we do some networking and some golf. So we'll start in January, which is our assistance championship. This year, going to be held at the Country Club of Landfall, Wilmington. Next year, at Dattaw Island and Secession. And then... 
what we do is we come in the first day and we'll do a half a day education. So for instance, this one's going to have Armin Surrey giving a little dissertation on career development for the assistants the day before, Yep. as well as a panel discussion with uh, Keith Wood and Bland Cooper and some others who've advanced, if you will, a little bit further in the career. So then after the education, we have a reception, and then the next day we play golf. And it's set up as two-person teams, so it's an assistant and a superintendent competing together. Oh, that's together. cool. Or a vendor has to take an assistant. So oh. you, a vendor can't take a superintendent. So that way we try and get at least 50 assistants in the field of 100, for instance. Yep. So that's in January every year. We call that our winter meeting. And you play best ball, so they play their own ball and de- declare assistance champion, correct? We do. We have two, two formats going on, I guess is what you would say. But Okay. Team best ball. Right, and then and, individual. And then if assistant. you, as an assistant, want to qualify for the Verlina Cup team, you play your own ball all the way out and keep your score. Gotcha. Okay. No handicap there. The lowest score on the day will qualify as an assistant. Okay. So that, that starts our first, quote, regular meeting. The next one is the March meeting, now called the Southeast Regional. Yep. It used to be known as the USGA Regional Meeting. The USGA changed their green section structure a couple years ago, and so – we still partner with them, and we offer basically one day of golf on the front end on that meeting, and then a full day of education from 9 a.m. to 3, 3.30 p.m. with a variety of speakers from all over the country. Where's that this year? This year, it's going to be at Lonnie Pool. Cool, Raleigh. Which is in NC State's yeah. uh, Centennial Campus. Rather new golf course, so we're going to have that, and then... Stay at the hotel right across the State View Hotel right across the street. Is it the NC State's 100th deal this year? No, they named that oh. second campus, I think, because oh, it had been gotcha. 100 years, et cetera, I think. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Could be wrong. Yeah, they'll hang me, NC State fans. So then we, um, the next, quote, regular meeting would be our fall meeting. Typically comes right after airifications for most of the guys with the warmer season grasses. Uh, late September, early October. And it's up in the mountains. It's been all over the Boone, Banner Elk area this past year. We were at the cliffs. And I think we're going to try and work out something with them again this fall. If not, we'll go up to Linville. And then I did look at the website and cheated. Also, the uh, local association stuff, you know, there's some in that there too, correct? Well, so, and that's the beauty of, quote, regular meetings for the Carolinas. That's all we do. We only have to do three and then a show. A lot of other associations around the country do 8 to 12 meetings a year to provide ample education for their members. I got you. So here in the Carolinas, we're blessed to have 13 locals that aren't chapters per se of the GCSAA that are registered with their own Secretary of State. They're their own autonomous business entity. They have their own board. They create their own calendars. But each one of them have 8 to 12 meetings a year. So you could have anywhere from 96 to 124 meetings a year locally providing both right. education networking opportunities. Nice. Good job. Yeah. So, GIS, what do you want to talk about? You tell me. It's my first time going. I'm looking. You've got, we've got, we're going to be there recording podcast. Yep. I don't so, know if you want uh, to tell who the guests are yet or not. But Sure. Let's drop it on them. That way they show up in case I'm, they forgot. <laughs> we schedule them kind of early. But for the first time that I'm aware, the Carolinas uh, chapter is going to have a booth at the Golf Course Industry Show this year um, in Orlando the last week of January. And our goal is to have a session in the mornings where any person who's attending the golf industry show can come by and meet the staff and the directors of the Carolinas. We'll have them there for a couple hours in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we're going to convert the booth over and do some recording of pulling weeds. 
And on Tuesday, Wednesday, sorry, I think it's the first day of the trade Correct. show. Yep. Uh, our first interview will be at 2 p.m. with Dr. Jim Kearns of NC State, a turf pathologist. And then at 3 o'clock, we'll have uh, Turf Ento, Bug Doc, none other than Lego Man himself, Ben McGraw. Can't wait. Um, and he's supposed to bring in the short Doc Kaminsky with him, um, probably pitching his book. We told him that'd be okay because it's still going to be a hot topic then. We gave some of those away at our conference and show, by the way, to the turf um, oh, yeah. winners. Oh, signed turf bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your new president, Brian Steeler, is tight with Dr. Kaminsky. Correct. Yeah. They're all um, Nittany Lions. Correct. And then, uh, so then we'll have some open mic time where anybody who wants to come by and tell a funny story and introduce themselves to the Pulling Weeds audience, we're going to take a compilation of those over a couple of days. So then yep. Thursday, same thing in the morning, meet the directors. And then, uh, who we got? Oh, the open, open mics. And then it's going to be uh, the ladies' day on the weed. Yeah, we're going to have Turf Mel B, Melissa Barron, and then she's going to bring some folks in after that. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take it down to Ohoopy. Ohoopy. I can't say I, I am excited. Can't wait for GIS. Oh. Yeah, it'll be good. We're going to redo Big Al's thing at GIS. Big Al's Emporium? Correct. Who's going to do it? Me and Big Money. He's going? Mm-hmm. He is Big Money. <laughs> I didn't think he'd have it in the budget to make it down there. Yep. He's definitely going. That's big time. Y'all riding together? No. He flying? I don't know. Holy snakey. I was going to crash with him a night if we didn't have our thing worked out, but it sounds like it's worked out. You didn't offer him our place, did you? No, he already has a place. Yeah. Love you too, Ryan. So there's this gentleman walking behind me, Jim Huntoon, just perusing around behind us. Just in case you hear any of that thumping noise in the background, which I would have never noticed until I was wearing headphones, that's the book sliding in and out of our library here in the office. He is a uh, He loves some golf books, and Tim had just shown him a collection that was gifted to the association i have no idea, no idea. <laughs> one of these days i think what we're going to try and do is get an intern from the turf club over here we tried a couple years ago but the kid didn't have interest to um inventory this and then maybe make it available to the membership um where they could check the books i'm out sure if you let him take a box or couple home he could handle that for you and bring them back I some duplicates already Oh, he's already got. He said he's got well, some. Yeah, I mean, I can even notice the ones next to each other. But there are some, I think, dupes in even uh, non next to each other places. There are. It's impressive. But let's get on down to Ohoopy and Mr. Rhett Baker. Well, let's talk about him more after the interview, and let's just jump right into him with him. That's right. I think it was a good place. Okay, glad you found it. What a hoopy? Take it right at the onion. Ugh. So it was raining that day, and it is dirt roads, boy, and I've got a Honda CRV, and I'm like, man, I might get in, but I don't think I'm getting out. I can't believe you didn't have the GoPro on and send it to Honda for the actual commercial. Well, truth be told, I was on the phone with Huntoon, and I was kind of freaking out a little bit, and I didn't know if I was in the right spot, and luckily you come on that little wooden shack guard gate, and I was like, okay, I'm in the right spot. I took a picture of the, uh, I think it's a maybe a 12 by 18 wooden sign with an onion painted on yeah. it with an arrow. Right. So I de definitely, I said, I hope that's the club logo. I'm not just going to an onion factory or onion farmer. That's hilarious. I didn't realize you didn't know that was a logo. No, did not. Wait for it. Uh, he's got the belt on. Of course he does. <laughs> Golf elitist right here, Jim Huntoon. Uh, has, Tim has just proven Jim right. Oh, he calls me the elitist? Yeah, you knew that. No, no, Tim's not an elitist. Oh, no. I thought I'd gotten off that radar screen. I feel like you're definitely on it more than I am. 
I'm not afraid to say I've played some nice places. I will admit it. And you have a heck of a belt collection. But anyway, let's get let's go on down to where that belt's uh, let's from. Let's talk about Rhett. Oh, Hoopy George. Actually. Randy. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is one of the leading turf and ornamental distributors in the United States. We share your passion for these markets and to your success. While our roots in this industry started in the western United States, we are dedicated to bringing that same high level of customer service and product quality to you as we have demonstrated out west. Our mission is to provide you, our valued customer, with a level of trust, service, and support that is unequaled in this industry. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. I got to tell you, Alan, pretty excited to be here on the 1st of January, 2020. Um, it's kind of ironic. Our first show, we're out of state. Yeah. So tell everybody where we are. We are in Cobb something, Georgia. We're at a Hoopy Match Club. We are at Cobbtown, Georgia, Cobb just Town. outside of Santa Claus, Georgia. Which is near Vidalia, <laughs> correct? Right. Which is close to Statesboro. I'm glad you pronounced it properly. And we are here with none other than Randy. <laughs> nope, we are with <laughs> Rhett Baker. There you go. Yep. Sorry, that's for our regular listeners. Everybody, we are here today with Rhett Baker. Rhett, why don't you tell everybody hello and um, where are you from? Hello, everybody. Um, this is Rhett Baker. I'm currently from Cobbtown, Georgia. Originally <laughs> from Augusta, Georgia. And uh, by way of Aiken, South Carolina. Aiken, which we will just go ahead and throw out there, formerly at Palmetto Golf Club. Yes. How long were you at Palmetto? Seventeen years. Let's let's talk about this place and then go how we got in the business up till Palmetto. Well, I didn't think. I figured we were going to spend thirty minutes talking about this place at the end. I figured we'd do all the rest of it leading up to the Onion Town. Okay. So how did you get in the business then? <laughs> It's just going to take us so long. I mean, I'm just sitting here looking out the windows, and I mean, the questions are just flowing based oh, on the conversation we've already had. So, yeah, yeah, I'd like to make it a Rhett Baker episode, and then an Ohoopy episode, if that's okay. Sure, that's why. I it's just all about the people. How did he get in the business? All right. <laughs> how did I get in the business? Yep. I um, I was one of those kids, probably age 12 or so, and growing up in Augusta, who was. Uh, dropped off at the golf course in the morning by one of my parents on their way to work and picked up at five in the afternoon on their way home from work and so I spent all my summer days at the golf course and just became intrigued with how it worked and how it functioned which golf course this was Forest Hills Golf Club in Augusta and the Cabbage Patch in Augusta are they both still there they are both still there Forest Hills is doing very well. The patch I hear is hanging in there. Yeah. There was one summer at North Augusta Country Club, which no longer exists. But um, it was a great time, great memories. And I, I guess when I got 16 and wanted to have a car and needed money, I took a job as a cart boy for, for a summer. And then after that, the next two summers, I spent on the maintenance crew working for working for Jeff Hill of Pinehurst. Wow. He was down there at the time, right out of his, right out of school for him. And I uh, did that for a few summers um, out of high school and college and just always kind of had that bug. 
And you played the whole time you were doing Well, that, that was the whole right? point. I mean, that was so you could play for free. Okay. Yeah, let's tell everybody that because you've got a hell of a, a, a game going here. My whole yeah. – everything I've done in my life is for free golf. I'm kind of with you there. <laughs> uh, wow. I so, never summarized it that way. That's a pretty good summary there. When you went from cart guy to on maintenance, was that a smooth transition? Were you like, this is what I prefer to be doing? Or I don't know. I, I was – I, every time I see Jeff, I apologize to him. <laughs> Those were some interesting years. So, I mean, you had some responsibility then. You weren't just, like, weed-eating edges and things of that nature. No, those were, the days, those were the days when you had, you know, golf courses didn't have more than four or five or six people working there. I remember on weekends, not every weekend, but on weekends, I would be the only person. Or there might be two people, one person that raked bunkers and, and me who – triplex greens and change cups and that was pretty pretty normal but um so that was what 30 years ago that was 82 3 83 4 5 6 i spent one summer at um at wild dunes working for carlisle altman and um that was that was a lot of fun was but after that, I, I graduated college and thought I needed a real job and did that for a few years, but always had that bug. Where'd you go to school? <clears throat> I went to Georgia Southern for two and a half years, and then I went to Augusta College after that where I paid my own way and made better grades. Everybody does. <laughs> Everybody does. <clears throat> and then... Went to Atlanta with all my friends for a year and messed around. Back to Augusta, got a job with EasyGo as as a staff accountant. That was my first real mature person job. I think I was 22. And uh, did that for five years. Sitting at a desk inside on a computer was, I learned a tremendous amount, but, you know, getting just needed to be outside doing something accounting's kind of a an ongoing thing you never really finish it you just right, right. you just do a little bit and then start over and do a little bit and you know every month is a, is a new start um I, I i remember wanting something tangible that i could say i accomplished this and 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 look at it and stand back and and see what you've done and um so at the time my wife was working for a personnel company that wanted to open office in Easley. And I got in touch with Ted Whitwell at Clemson. And apparently getting into a master's program at Clemson and Turf at that time didn't have any strong requirements academically from my previous years in college. And they they were happy to welcome me in and it was it was I was on the ground running. So you're a Clemson grad as well. Yes. Wow. Turf school. Yeah, I was letting him get to that. <laughs> He's a big Tiger fan. I did, did not know that. Yeah, that's why we're here. No, that's not why we're here. It's because he's a Tiger fan. <clears throat> yeah, so it always we have helps. Two against one because you're a Gamecock. Oh, I'm not saying anything <laughs> over here. He lives at Columbia Country Club. Yeah, I tell you, I miss my biggest thing from moving to Georgia from South Carolina is I miss my my Gamecock friends. Oh, do you? They're fun. They're nice. Yeah. The Georgia people. 
right. too serious. <laughs> oh, it's some serious football. Very right serious here. people. Oh, right. Ooh, yeah, serious football. Well, here. now that you're so strong too, it's not fun talking to you. If you were the Gamecocks, they probably wouldn't care. Although this year may be different, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So you you that you went to turf grass, and then where'd you go? Where you left Clemson? When when I was at Clemson, I got in. <clears throat> Yeah, it's funny when you get to. It was a second chance. It was really cool. Um, you've worked a you've worked a real job, and then you go back to college, and you realize college is not that difficult if you <laughs> are somewhat adult like in the way you act. And so, I, as soon as I got there, I got a job uh, finishing the grow in at the Walker Course, and uh, then the next year, I did an internship for Larry Feller. Um, when it was Zeneca and then I also worked part-time at Greenville Country Club for Fred Biggers so it was a great way to get around and see different things meet new people I still always knew I wanted to be you know a superintendent so when I finished Clemson I, I had I had a job back in Augusta where it's my hometown at the Augusta National and worked there for Brad Owen. It was his, he had just become the head superintendent. This was 98. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 98. <laughs> December of December of 97 through the summer of 98. And uh, so that was, that was a great experience, but I wanted to do something with a little bit more uh, responsibility. So I went back to Greenville working for Fred Biggers as the assistant superintendent at the uh, Riverside course. Okay. One of my favorites. And I did we just that. there the other day. I was at Greenville Country Club for two years. Um, at the Riverside course for a hair over a year and then moved over to Chanticleer. Um, Craig and I were assistants together at the same time. Craig Harris? Craig Harris. Man. So you, that's, that's old yeah. roommate. Yeah. I don't yep. know if you knew that. He, Alan and he, oh, yeah. Craig yeah. and I were roommates. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So so Craig and I worked together, and uh, I keep thinking what would have happened if I had stayed there. You made the right choice, <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, just kidding, Craig. Oh. oh. No, Craig. He doesn't <laughs> listen. I know. He doesn't know how to use a podcast. That's true. Yeah. Craig's been unbelievable. Every time I go up there, it just blows me away. No, he does a good job. He does a great job. He's so, angry. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess after two year, about a year and a half, I was still I was itching to do something on my own and had some interviews here and there. I was always disappointed that things didn't work out. But then I got a call from the golf pro at Palmetto Golf Club in Aiken, which, by the way, I'd Tom. been a, Tom Moore. Yeah. By the way, I'd been a member there when I'd work was working for Easy Go. Yeah. And uh, this is where you're starting to realize that everywhere I've gotten in golf is because of relationships and being lucky and being in the right place and having a reasonable golf game at times. I'd won the Palmetto Club Championship in 94. Nice. And um, they had an opening there in early 2000, and I was one of the first people they called and went down there and begged them for the job. Yeah. And they gave it to me, and it was, it was, it was awesome. Good for you. Great Could, place to be. 
2000. Kisner would have been in college. No, Kisner was probably a junior back then. He was getting recruited by Georgia. By in, Georgia at that time. 2000, he would have been a junior in high school. 01, I think, was his senior year. Okay. And I think he played, what is that, two through six at Georgia. Okay. Any good Kisner stories? Young Kisner stories? I didn't know. I didn't know him. I didn't know anything about him. The guy I grew up with, Jim Douglas, as assistant golf coach at Georgia, was came down for the Southern Cross as a recruiting trip, and that's that was the first I knew about him because gotcha. he he had played. We unfortunately, Palmetto, we didn't have a whole lot of juniors playing there. They were right. They're all playing at um, Hounds Lake, probably Hounds Lake and, and Woodside. Woodside, yeah. <clears throat> My introduction, Kisner, was later on. Okay. Tell us about it. You're grinning a little bit. I want to hear it. Nah, he's he's, he's an awesome dude. Oh, he's yeah. just uh, it was with adult beverages. He, you know, I don't. I mean, you can't say cocky. Very confident, which right. You can't be doing what he's doing without being confident. But he, what I like about him is he loves to dish it out, but he can take it. You yeah, know? yeah. Not everybody likes to get it turned back onto him, and he. <laughs> so he's he's. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, a lot of good golfers have come through Palmetto, either, either through USC Aiken yeah. or the Southern Cross or the Palmetto Amateur right. or the USC Aiken Tournament. So the um, Palmetto Amateur is they host it themselves, just for our listeners who may not be in the Carolinas. Amateur tournament, four days, I believe? Four days. Yeah, two days in the cut. There's mm-hmm. qualifiers to get in. There's exemptions to get in. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's a great tournament. Yeah. It's highly ranked national. Right, event, if I'm not mistaken. And then the Southern Cross is a high school event. It is. And they used to have the Cleveland Palmetto, Palmetto Collegiate. They still have the tournament. I don't know okay. if it's still I don't sponsored it's by Cleveland, right. but they still have the tournament. And some of the best golfers have come through through that tournament. Right. You know, the Dustin Johnsons. and. Um, but I mean, you're talking about a place with history <clears throat> at Palmetto, right? I mean, I love going in there and looking at that certificate hanging on the wall. Right. It's like parchment paper, right? What does it say? The seventh USGA club was it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was early on, and it had a lot of prestigious members. And and Tom Moore was there then, wasn't he? Yeah. No, I'm just. I wish Tom was right. listening to this. That's right. That's funny. No, but I mean, so that was what refer, Hogan referred to that as one of his places he liked to go before the Masters. They had a great. Um, that they had a great member guest tournament prior to the Masters. I believe it was before the par three tournament took place and they would have a big a, a huge Nassau and, and they had a name for it I was there recently and looked at that those big plaques with the winners and yeah you're talking Sam Snead and yeah you know the stories were they could make more money at, in the Nassau there than they could in their tournaments wow yeah I love that place it's history I mean it's it's also right there in a bunch of horse stables any horses ever get loose on the course during oh, your yeah. day oh yeah really did you have to round them up oh yeah on a horse or a buggy? Golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I wouldn't mess with the horse. Oh if man. it's not Usually mine. it had the horses had riders on it, but there was, oh, okay. there was one occasion where a rider got thrown and the horse went right. off on its own. But we we're, were right next to the Hitchcock Woods, which is horse trails and yeah. Um, easy to get lost. So So my first state amateur was two thousand six at Palmetto. I believe that. Yeah, that was yep. 06. And my duty was starting on 10T, and it was hot as all get out that weekend. There, yeah. you can't. Once I got to 10T, I was stuck on 10T because, you know, 
just you can crisscross a little bit there. And I remember this one morning, I don't think I put on deodorant, and I, I got through starting my, my wave, and uh, scotch was coming out of my skin. I said, Biff, you got anything I need to do? I need to run back and take a shower, put on some deodorant for the second wave start. So that's one of my Palmetto memories. Oof. That was a good event, too. Good event. I, yeah. Yeah. I played with Rhett over there before. Have you? Mm-hmm. Palmetto was, Palmetto was a great, great place for me. They uh, – they didn't have much of a budget up through the 90s. They were slowly coming back. You know, I think that 70s and 80s, most of their northern membership had kind of petered out, and they were starting to take on local members and very inexpensive club, but it kind of showed in the on the course. Huh. When I got there, the uh, they were coming through transition. They'd overseeded greens and, and fairways, and things weren't going well. So when I got there, it was in pretty rough shape, and there was nowhere, nowhere to go but up. And it right. – it, uh, so the first few years were a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, um, but but great years. Got to got what I wanted, which was that responsibility. Everything was on my shoulders, and so it was right. It was a good good time. Were the back tees red when you got there? Yes. Okay. What's the deal behind that? Just trying to bump the stigma. Probably of red some, tees? probably somebody just put them backwards, and nobody did anything <laughs> about it. I don't and it know. just stayed like that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, the back set of tees were the red tees. Because we're talking, it was 1895? Two? 1892. Wow. 1892. That's what the sign says, right? They do a great job in that golf shop with the photos and the history, not just the ones you talked about, but yeah. everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't know. It's just a damn special place. Do you know David Dupree? Any? Yeah, I know he was an out of town member. He was a Columbia guy, but. I don't believe so. I'm, I'm so bad with names. I probably didn't know him and just. Yeah, any good Tom Moore stories? Because Tom, technically, Tom's not a golf professional, but he is—he is the golf professional of Palmetto, or was. Yes, he is a golf professional, and uh, Tom, Tom didn't didn't play much golf. I've never, but I've just remarkable to me is Tom has never forgotten a name. Wow, he can meet one person one time, and he will never forget that name. So everybody that comes to the door, especially during Masters weeks. Yeah, he knows who they are, where they're from. Ask them how they how they've been. Just uh, just the perfect person for that place. Yeah, and he he is the pro emeritus now. Oh yeah, he's still there. He every comes day. around when he when he wants. He wears his seersucker shorts and penny loafers with no socks. Right, all year round. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. How about the the clock there by the golf shop? Was that during your tenure? That was put in when I was there. Um, one of our members um, owns one of the local jewelry stores there, and uh, they provided that clock, which was really really cool. Any headache to you when they put something like that in? None whatsoever. Okay, good. Just run power to it. That's cover right. Back up and that's, grow that's, it back in. That's that's what that's what the job is: is to give the membership what what they want. Right. And at that place, you got to play with them, right? I mean, it was encouraged, was it not, to play with members? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, Which is unique. A lot of our guys don't do that. I don't know anybody who does that. Yeah. I mean, and so that helps, right? You talk about relationships. I mean, you're out there playing at Palmetto with some pretty influential people, I would assume. I, th- I think it's um, one of the most important things for being a superintendent is playing golf and understanding the course through the members' eyes 
because if you can't do that, chances are you're going to miss something. I'm not saying it's required. I've known plenty of guys who who do great, great work. But for me, I have to know what – I have to see it the way the members are seeing it. Right. And I get that through playing golf on the course and, and playing with the members yeah. if, if possible. Regardless of their skill level. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you see so many golf courses that are managed by – committees that are made up of all the good golfers yeah and and sure those are those are knowledgeable guys but you still have to look out for the other people who are out there trying to enjoy the game right and you have to make it where they enjoy the game and you can't do that by making things so penal yeah yeah i will say at columbia country club they have 27 holes number 25 to par five and the last shot's over water. Big steep bank going to the water. The There was a time when I worked there on the Greens Committee, you had a scratched golfer wanting to shave it down to make it a risk-reward, and you had a 19 handicapper saying, no, we need that grass to stop our ball. And so there was a whole issue with that. What happened? Yeah. They kept it tall, yeah. which they probably should have for everyday member play. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what's the what was the percentage of your folks at, let's just use Palmetto before we get here, that were 10 handicap or less. It's small, right? I mean, compared to the membership and who plays. Yeah, it changed over the years at Palmetto. When I got there, there was a large group of really good golfers, and then there's a dogfight. The dogfight plays every day. <laughs> every day. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the dogfighters were – I don't care how I play, just as long as I'm finished within two hours and fifty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, they still wanted to have fun. They still wanted. To, everybody wants to have fun, right? They might not. That might, might not be what they think they they want, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great golf course. So, how did you get here at a hoopy? So cool. when I got to Palmetto probably one of the first greens committee meetings i had was just it it just devolved into so quickly into just bickering and arguing about this about that and so quickly realized that the membership wanted relished the 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 alistair mckenzie part of their history right yet the golf course had changed over the 70 years since McKenzie had come and 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 done his work and so my greens committee chairman and myself decided that from here on out we would be the leaders of the greens committee and (laughs) and we would try to work towards um bringing the golf course back to a McCor back more to a McKenzie style of play and so we hired uh, we were able to get Tom Doak to come down, and he gave us some great pointers, and we worked on that for a couple of years. But then it got to the point where we really wanted to do some major renovations. We had just little round push-up greens um, that had shrunk because of triplex mowing, and um, so we wanted to take the, the edges back out. We wanted to. We'd been studying maps over aerial photos over history, and we wanted to get some of the bunkers, the original bunkers, or back into play. Um, 
Tom Doak was busy in the Southern Hemisphere building courses in New Zealand and Tasmania and Australia. Um, so I, I really needed help. Uh, fiery membership at Palmetto and you would get a window of an opportunity that you really had to take advantage of before people would yeah, shut you down. Yeah. So I turned to Gil Hance and this would have been about 2004 or five and Gil was awesome. He was looking to uh, make a presence in the South and he was familiar with the club and, and, and so he came and we did a, a major renovation in 2007. <clears throat> During that time, he kept talking about Cobbtown, Georgia. Okay. Well, I knew I've lived in Statesboro, Georgia, for a few years, going to school, and he said, "Yeah, it's right near Statesboro." I said, "Well, there's no Cobbtown," <laughs> and even to this day, there's barely Cobbtown. But anyhow, so he had been doing some work down here. He had designed a course on this property that is now the Ohupi Match Club. He had designed a course with Davis Love for a man who was going to build a racetrack community called Victory Lane. A horse racetrack, a stock car. Formula One. Wow. So this they had they had had a I believe they had a guy from Europe come over and design a Formula One racetrack. And they were gonna have hundred and fifty homes and it was gonna be golf, a racetrack, a, a, a large runway, uh, equestrian, hunting, fishing, motocross, go karts, you name it. That sounds like somewhere I wanna live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Play the Powerball. Keep playing. <laughs> yeah. But 2008 came along, <clears throat> wiped it all yeah. clean. So we would we would have Gil. We, so we, we kept Gil on as our resident architect at Palmetto, and we'd make minor tweaks, and he'd check on us every so often. And then I believe in the uh, spring of 2016 during the Masters, he was in town and we wanted him to look at a few things at Palmetto. And he goes, by the way, Cobbtown's back on. So I thought, well, that sounds interesting. Um, <clears throat> so after about a month, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I, I, I love Palmetto. I never had any desire to leave. I thought that was my place to be. Um, but after 16, 17 years, you know, I'd, We'd gotten the course to where I thought it needed to be. I, I was, I'd, I'd reached most of the goals I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd set out to accomplish, and uh, I thought it would be neat to, to see what else might be going on out there. So I reached out to Gil and said, I'm not necessarily interested, but I'm curious. And he said, all right, we'll, we'll keep that tucked in our pocket. Then comes September, and Gil's partner, Jim Wagner, who's also a good friend of mine, called and said, hey, um, we got a whole big group coming down to Cobbtown. Why don't you drive down and check it out? See, what, Just take a look around, hang out with us. So I came down in September. It was hot. We were... How hot? Tell them how hot it gets here. It just... <laughs> <laughs> you I've know, heard stories. Actually, I mean, it's not any worse. I don't even... I don't think it's as hot as Augusta gets, uh. humidity-wise. Our insect population here, though, we are on the... We're on the bad side of the gnat line. And so we've got some... And, 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 and September here is no different than August or, or July. So, yeah, it's... 
it, it gets it gets pretty brutal. But sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> so, so you're here in September with the. Group. But anyhow, September. So we we're trudging around the golf course, <clears throat> or it, really nothing's been cleared. All that's been done is 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 it's been um, each hole has been staked out with a, a stake at the tee, a stake at the landing area, and a stake at the green. And, and a, a little bit of clearing so you can get from stake to stake, but not on every hole. But we walked the first few holes and um, they would hand me a, a wooden stake and a, and a flag and we would get 50, 50 feet on either side of the main center line and, and just put, put our stakes. And if we saw something that we thought might be interesting to not knock down right. during the clearing process, then we would, we would mark it. Huh. We went back to lunch. It's a big property. Um, the roads were almost un undrivable. It was just pure sand. Uh, but there was an old hunting lodge at the corner of the property, and we went there for lunch, and we met with the the owner of the property and um, a couple guys that he had brought on to help kind of consult with concept. Um, and, then, and then a group of friends and, and stuff. So there were probably 15, 18 people, and we all had lunch. And it all turned in. I was the only Southerner in the in the group. Everybody else was um, from the North or, or wherever. And it turned into let's quiz Rhett during lunch thing, which was fine because I didn't, you know, I didn't have anything in the game. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just there to, to yeah. see what was going on. And so, um, you know, we were talking about climate and grasses and humidity and sand and all kinds of stuff and it was it was just me talking what it, about what I know know about which is golf course stuff um, but apparently that uh, stuck with them and I got a call back a few weeks later asking me if I'd be interested and uh, a formal interview and an offer and you know here we are here we are in um, an opportunity to do what you always wanted to do, right? See yeah. what you could create. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I convinced my wife to do it. So did you give the kids any input at all about where they might be living? Well, I, I've got three kids, and one of them was already away in school, and the other one was in her senior year. So it was my youngest daughter who was, I guess she was 12 at the time, it was tough. We were in a great neighborhood, a lot of good friends. She was, she had a, she had a group of fin, friends, and just in you, things you don't see anymore with neighborhood where you, they just run out the door and run down to some one of their friends' oh, houses. Yeah. So that was a little bit tough. But we were, we were an hour, you know, we were talking about an hour away, hour and hour and a little more than an hour and a half away. So you're 14 year old, real quick. Um. This is the one where I guess um, maybe this is where I could interject a little levity into the interview, and maybe you could tell us about the book that you received from Highlands and the Left Behind Stuffed Pig. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was told to ask you about that. Yeah, so we... Alan's got a look on his face, this, folks, like, what is going on here? This, this past summer, my, my wife and my 14-year-old daughter, Kate, went up to Highlands for a weekend just to get away and stayed at a friend friend's house. And she has this little stuffed pig, Mr. Piggles, that she takes everywhere. I did not know the name of Mr. Piggles. And, uh, but, you know, of course, as kids are often do, she forgot it when it was time to go. But fortunately, my good friend Brian 
Steeler has a, a daughter of the same age, and I figured he would understand. So I gave him a quick call and said, look, you know, Hound's a small town. If you don't have a problem, go by this house and just maybe just drop it in the mail for me. He was like, I'm on my way now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, three or four days go by, and we don't hear hear anything. But then we get a package in the mail, and it's, it's Mr. Piggles along with a uh, three or four pages of pictures of Mr. Piggles' experiences with Mr. Steeler over the time that he was missing, where he was helping mow greens and oh, doing wow. other, that's cool, <laughs> doing all kinds golf of course. Ac- right. golf course activities. <laughs> and uh, we were we were on my on Kate's bed with Sarah and myself, and we were I mean we literally were just bawling in tears, laughing right. so hard it was. A, funniest thing ever so uh, good for brian steeler oh it's pretty funny yeah. oh yeah not only is he awesome. our current president of the carolinas he's just got elected to the city council he's not just he's been on it for a while oh has he yeah uh, so he sends me a picture the other day and this is the year i'm in for right and he listens so i know he's gonna hear this but um he's got a model train oh yeah i've set, seen it right okay yeah a deer got hit the other day <laughs> by a truck he's got a dead deer in the model train set. <laughs> he sends me a picture of the dude. He's like, I know you're in the woods. Just wanted to share with you some bad news. We lost one up here in Highlands the oh other day God. to a truck. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> so I didn't realize it was like a seasonal train thing too, you know? Like, I, How many members are at this facility? Can we say? Not a lot. Okay. How many guys are on your staff? More than um, the members. No, 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 no. It's it's not that big. You know, when when we talked about this from the beginning, this was not going to be this throw money at it extravagant kind of kind of golf course. We okay. it's um, we have a lot of sand to deal with, but it's it's really amazing place. We there's there's right now there's 17 of us, and that's that includes me and two assistants and, and mechanic. Right. And it's slow now, but we're on 3,100 acres of property too, so we we help out in other areas of the property than just the golf course. Gotcha. But we... Is it hard to find labor? It was very interesting finding labor. Okay. Um, I probably went through 20 or 30 people in the first 10 months. The first the first guy that we hired, um, and guy, this guy worked his tail off. We thought, we thought we'd just hit the jackpot right off the, right off the bat, but after a few weeks, we, when we realized things were were beginning to go missing and it turned out our hard-working first hire was a meth head um (laughs) and and a lot of interesting people around here i you know hey i'm i'm from the south i've been in small towns i thought i've seen seen it all but uh different part but you know it 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 was it's turned out it's turned out good um i've got a a great crew i've got some hispanic guys i've got some local guys i've, I've got people who who show up and and we we've, we've got them doing things the way we want them doing things and uh, they seem to care and fun to be around it, do you do anything different practice wise that you wouldn't do like that you did at palmetto do you do anything you said you, it's a little different you're not throwing money at it right right we <clears throat> you know we we do we do what we think are the right things to do and we treat our greens with you know the, the most the utmost care right um as possible but 
Um, and it, it, and it's got a lot to do with the, the design that Gil put together and, and also our owner. Our owner is not interested in the aesthetics. I mean, the beauty is in the property. Right. Why, why bring in artificial maintenance and yeah. techniques to it when it's already here? And the owner is not concerned about green or plush or stripes. He wants it firm and quick and smooth. Yeah. And sounds good. That's what we try to do. So what kind of surfaces do you have out here? So we have we only have we have two grasses. We have Tiff Eagle on our greens and we have Tiff Tough Bermuda grass everywhere else. One we, height. We have we only have one height of cut on the Tiff Tough. It's all fairway height or as low as we can get it all the way up to the green. Interesting. There's there's no rough. It's either in the grass or you're not in the grass. <laughs> we we what what's not and when in you're the not grass, in the grass, it's sandy native area. Yeah, we just, we just call it the native and, and the native. And it's it's made up of it's really about three or four plants, um, low low growing either either grasses or low growing shrubs, and we uh, we we do put a lot of effort into it we don't want you to lose golf balls out here we just right expect you to not be very happy with the ball when you find it but we want you to have the opportunity to advance and, and stay in stay in the match are those sandy areas um raked regularly or can you find some horse prints <clears throat> that you have to play out of and things we that have nature? um we have formal bunkers that we rake regularly mostly around the greens and in landing areas and then we have a lot of areas that we don't touch um, there's a lot of wildlife activity footprints with you know deer, whether it's turkey. golfers or deer or deer, turkey or whatever dogs see the bobcats out here i've seen two large bobcats early on but not lately um, we have a lot of snakes um, in the clubhouse alone on the property but they got one kind of rare snake out here that eats rattlesnakes huh <laughs> see yes we're home to the eastern indigo snake which is the eastern indigo is a snake that lives in sandy areas alongside of the gopher tortoise where the gopher tortoise provides the uh, uh the habitat through its a burrow along a tunnel and the indigo snake lives in these tunnels as though the rattlesnakes when it gets cold and a host of other animals i think they up to 100 150 different types of animals will take shelter in these in these burrows wow and supposedly when they're in the burrow everybody is nice and kind and happy but when the when you come out of the burrow it's game on interesting and the indigo snake will eat a rattlesnake it it's a, it is uh, immune to the bite and it's a constrictor and when a rattlesnake gets a whiff of the indigo snake it will turn tail and run wow just carry one get you a pet indigo snake and carry it around you can't touch them why is that they're, they're protected. protected species oh okay yeah i read a whole poster about can't them, put sorry. a leash on it and walk it around <laughs> no no you can't even approach them you're supposed to take a picture just for identification only and then get away it was a snake that's, that's starting to move up this way they're trying to if you see it or if that snake fish where if you see it immediately oh, yeah. report it kill yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think that's what is that the uh, the, the snakehead? Yeah, hmm. I thought that's where we were going for a minute. No, yeah, I haven't seen any of those. Have you ever had a tournament on this property? 
we have member tournaments. Right. So somebody have to go mark the hazards here with red and yellow paint. No, that's that's the beauty of <clears throat> match play. Match play. Yes, you you play by the rules of golf. However, things are decided within the match as well. So if for instance, if you hit it the native and you're in a deer footprint, hoof print, most likely you've decided early in the match because you know that's bound to happen that you get to just kick it out of there. Okay. Usually if you're in that spot anyway, you're not in a good spot. Right, right. No, we haven't, we don't have any hazard lines or stakes. Yeah. It's just. I've, I've marked many a golf course. I'm just looking out that window over there. And uh, that'd be a lot, of, a lot of marking. It'd be ridiculous. I don't think it yeah. would be that difficult. That's the only really okay. real water hazard is that That's a big pond on the, between the first and second. No tee markers. Huh? We have, uh, we do not have formal shape, formally shaped tees. All of our tees basically Bag just, of onions. just blend into the fairway. You really can't tell the fairway from the tee. In a lot of places, really. Um, so when we have when we have formal events, we will put tee markers out. But for groups that just come in, um, generally based on their ability or handicap, their caddies will kind of guide them to a yardage that's suitable for their game. So they're not tee boxes here, not formally. No. Right. I mean, everything's mowed one height. So you feel like a kid teed up in the fairway and grip it and rip it. That's they're right. Tell you roughly where to go. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It also allows for great variety in each each hole. You can right. play one hole one day as a 630-yard par 5, and you play it the next day as a you know 485-yard par 5. Right. I'd play it short. Now, you got to listen to the setup, though. Well, I want to ask one. So this course probably can't be rated USGA slope and it rating. It's not been rated. Right. Yeah. Um, we've toyed with it, but – We've decided for now we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So there's two courses here. We've established our own handicap. Similar to Augusta. I mean, I know Augusta uses their own deal based off of birdies, but what do you mean there's two courses here? I'll tell you. We have, we have 22 holes. We have and, and two, two routings that kind of overlap each other. Okay. Um, the, fir- the first routing, the championship routing, is holes 1 through 18. Um, the whiskey routing, um, you play the first oh, okay. hole, and you do not play two through five. You use a, a tee adjacent to the first screen to play to our sixth hole. Play six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And instead of going right to play the eleventh, you go left and you play A, B, C, D, E. Then tie back into twelve through eighteen. Um, it's a it's a shorter, smaller course. Um, but it's a lot of fun. So that's cool. You know, if you if you were to come here and you were to play, you know, thirty six holes in one day, you'd play the big course one first, gotcha. and then go back out and play the play it the different way. And, and you're walking, by the way, the whole time. No right. carts. Yeah. And I assume that there's not enough play where that the, those those two rounds meet on the course. No, no, it's it's not too difficult yeah. to yeah to get people out of out of each other's way. Right. Well, and it's. Probably a little bit like worst case scenario, the old course right there at the tie-in with seven, twelve, all yeah. that because it's just caddies and guys out there walking right. and balls flying in different directions, right. and <laughs> it's kind of cool the way it goes. Yeah. The first time you get out there, at least from when you're looking around, you're like, okay, 
where am I, where the hell am I going? Right. And then they tell you where you're going, and you're like, dude, a ball just rolled right by us. He's like, that's okay. They're coming this way. Yeah. Man. See, the guy just hit it with a little that's right. You'll be doing it in a minute. And sure right. enough, I'm that guy walking the wrong way down that other stretch. All right. So we're we're enjoying the interview in the bar, I assume. Is there a name for this place? The bar. Okay. Have you ever seen it filled up? Often. Really? Often. We we have events here where we we can, I guess we can sleep 50-ish. Okay. Ish number of people and we have events here and yeah this i mean this club is i you know as a superintendent i'm always like you know it's all about the golf course it's all about the golf course you know yeah you see the pro shop for a little while and you see the golf pro for a little while but this place is a little bit different the whole the experience throughout from start to finish is, is very cool whether it's where you're staying um the food unbelievable the atmosphere, very relaxing, the least uptight place I've ever seen. There's no, that's cool. Really, not any rules. <clears throat> so, um, somewhat just, similar to Palmetto. I mean, the Palmetto is a kind of a golf club. Yep. You know. Yep. I mean, I know there's rules. All right. So no where, are they, where are they coming from? How the heck are they getting here? All over. Is there a, is there that, a helipad? I mean, where, yeah. I mean, are they where are they landing? Because most of these guys are probably flying in from somewhere for a weekend, right? Savannah. Savannah the Savannah Airport's about 55 minutes away, and then Vidalia has a nice private or a, a nice smaller yeah. um, runway. So people with their own means come to Vidalia, and it's 20 minutes away. Do you find yourself eating Vidalia onions more now that you're down in this area? Man, those are the best. <laughs> Good for you. Sponsor plug. Look at his hat, folks. <laughs> yep, yep. So tell us about the onion. Is it just because of the area? That's why we went with that as the logo. Uh, land was purchased from an onion farmer. Um, technically, the bottom, what looks like the roots of the onion, are actually snake heads, and the snakes wind through the onion, and, and these are the tails. So it's kind of an onion slash snake. I like motto. that. I like that. You gotta get that tattooed with Tim, the yeah. snake onion. Okay. I will say the snake reputation is. It's a good, it's a strong reputation, but I'm yet to see that many snakes. Okay. Well, good. Um, Let's keep it that way for next hour. I haven't seen a live rattlesnake. I've seen a fair amount of indigo snakes, but you usually see them all at the same time of the year, and then I got you, you don't see them again. Are you scared of snakes? He doesn't even wear snake boots. Mm. I, I'm not scared of snakes because... I know I can't seem to, I never can find them. I never uh. do see them. I know they're there and I never see them. I don't know if that's good or bad. Right. I'm scared. I'm scared. I just hope you Hoopless. don't step on one one day. Exactly. That's all by not seeing them because that's. But ooh. I definitely think about them a lot. Yeah. Do I've, y'all have uh, anti venom on site? Not on site, but very close by. So there is a, a, an emergency center. Yes. Without having to go to, like, Statesboro. Right. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, these are important questions, right? I mean, you get a member bit by a snake out here right. or something. All, you said all walking, correct? Yes. No carts. No handicap carts, maybe? We have four golf carts. Yeah. One for me. One for you. <laughs> and one for Chuck Conley. <laughs> There's his mention for this episode. Oh, gosh. 
He did ask if you got mentioned in the last one. I said, I think we left you out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The special edition one. He was worried he would have been on the mental health issue episode. Yeah. We'll talk about Chuck in a minute. You got any Chuck stories you want to share while we're on it? He just, I mean, every time, the guy just amazes me. Why is that? The capacity he has for life. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. He's been out here, right? He has. He came and played, him and Kyle. He got me a belt from here. That's why I have the belt. Kyle Kyle got hot. Kyle got a little warm. I think he played, what, eight holes? Maybe 12? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was a tough day. Kyle's a big boy. Yeah. A 4X to be walking he around. Yeah, that would be here. a good tag team. Professional wrestling tag team. Jeez. I'd, I'd take the two skinny, fast guys any day over you two. Did you have any input in who replaced you at Palmetto? Yes. Kind of, sort of. Um, but you were still a member, right? No, I'm not sure. You know, I'm, I'm a little annoyed because I was a member when I was hired, and there's a letter out there somewhere stating that if when I left – that position, as long as it was on good terms, my membership would come back. And that was, I, I brought it up briefly, but it was never yeah. seriously looked at. Not that I want to pay, pay dues. Unfortunately, I haven't been up there either. I keep in touch with Brooks and Mark Swigert. Right. And um, I think about Palmetto a lot because it's one of my fa- favorite places ever. Right. Um, I'm not worried about the membership. Um, and one of these days, I'll be back up there a little more regularly. Yeah. Um, you but that's in? home, right? I mean, the area, Aiken, Augusta? Augusta, Augusta's home. My mom's there. My in-laws are there. A lot of friends. <clears throat> but we're not that far. And I'm about to say, do you read uh, – I know I mentioned David Dupree earlier. Columbia used to be – if you lived in Blythewood, you were in the uh, – what do you call it? Out-of-range out member. But yeah, they kind of we, – we had a lot of members from – but they expanded that Lexington and you know when they were struggling for members in the 80s you know they took in a lot of Augusta people and Columbia people okay as non-residents because the the fee was was cheaper but as as the demand for membership grew straighter or stronger all right um they ended up having to change that rule and a lot of the a lot of the Augusta and Columbia guys frowned on that and some of them there's a wait list now. Yeah, there's a long wait. I mean, I'm yeah. hearing it's taking two or three years to right. get in. Right, Mike Gravely, a guy from Spartanburg, just got in. Do you know Mike? I know that name. Short little dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, unfortunately, Jeremy Revis, his co-worker, might be listening. But I know Mike. Had, but Mike got Mike. At least you stopped at short little dude. <laughs> uh, he, know, he knows I love him. He called me a fatty if he was here. But uh, when he goes down there, he always – post a picture and put on social media talking about how great of a play you know just being yeah. there and yeah it's special yeah no doubt about it so is this place yeah there's all right no so doubt about that. back to this place right so i asked him i'm like what kind of mix you got fairways greens etc sand um like they sprigged the whole place so the just whole right place it, it was really remarkable that um they started clearing the center lines for each hole in November of 16, started shaping holes uh, the second week of January in 17. We started grassing holes in late May of 17 and had everything, all the grass planted on the entire course 
by mid-August of 17, with the exception of some of the stuff around the clubhouse because the clubhouse took a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so we had we had a little over a year to grow in the golf course because we didn't open the golf course until uh, fall of 18. So it wasn't a huge push. I mean, I mean, no, it was it was great. I mean, you always feel the pressure because right. you know it's coming. Um, <laughs> but it was still nice to two full seasons. You know, any superintendents listening out there. Can you imagine working on a golf course for 14 months and not having one golfer complain about your green speeds or how your bunkers are raked? It was right. that was pretty nice. So, so um, when you were walking the property, obviously you're pretty tight with those guys, and you got to when you were talking about doing the fairway stakes. If you saw a nice piece, a nice tree, you said we should leave this here. Did you get to keep doing that throughout the project? Oh yeah, we. <clears throat> I mean, it's a little bit of your baby, my, too, then. I mean, my input for the construction and build was very minor, but I was here through it all, okay. which I thought was was awesome, and it was it was enjoyable. And, yeah, so, I mean, there was some input here and there. What was really the coolest thing was that you knew the routing, and you knew the tee was going here and the green, the fairway was here and the green was going to be here. And, you know, we're all somewhat amateur golf course architects in our own mind, and so you're thinking, well, all right, this is what's going to play out here. The talent that these guys, the, the shapers and Gil and Jim, is just unbelievable. And, and what's going through their head is so far out there from what I had in my head. Right. It was really, really cool to just sit back and watch and go, are you serious? You're going to build that? And then I'd get the question, can you maintain that? You know, I... One of the things I learned when I was at EasyGo was <clears throat> don't ever say you can't do something. You'll fi- figure it out. Okay. And that was m- always my line was you build it the way you want to build it and we'll figure it out. Man. Um, and and that's how it But you didn't move a lot of dirt, out. right? I mean, this is – you haven't brought a th- single truckload of sand or dirt in here. No, we, we had to move a little bit of dirt around and we had – to uh, you know there are certain sections of the property where the sand is different um, meaning that in some some areas there was a little bit of clay or a little bit of silt that we didn't think would work if we were trying to use it to build a green so we would take we would bring some sand over from another part of the property but for the most part I mean when you go from January you know shaping starts in January and your grassing is complete by August I mean that's unbelievable um, but this property is is really special. We do not have one piece of drainage pipe anywhere. Uh, that, that honestly was my next question, and everybody who listens know how naive I am. But I know there's a deal with either straight line, you know, the uh, not the drainage necessarily, but sprinklers. What you do? Center line. Center line or the edges where you get the old look versus the cover everything. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do that. We didn't, and we didn't do a. You know, we we tried to to lay out the irrigation in a way that would only water the turf but we didn't want to have just straight edge all the way around um and we've had to tweak it some but we you know we go from the turf to the to the sandy native we do not want to water that that sandy native we want it to stay the way the way it is um we don't want to get any fertilizer or any pesticides or 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 water 
in these areas. We want to leave it be. Um, so we were we were very careful with the irrigation layout in that regards. But um, you know, we didn't buy any sand anywhere. There's a bunker. It's because we just dug a hole there, and there's the sand. Once you got through, <laughs> isn't that cool? Once yeah. you got through the top twelve to eighteen inches of of what was kind of a topsoil that had vegetation or, or roots or whatever organic, you know, it's just straight sand. Right. There were some places where we had to <clears throat> a technique called flipping, where you had some not totally pure sand on top and you wanted to get the pure sand so you dig a hole and dig out the, the pure sand and then put the the organic stuff down the bottom right. and then you know flip it over but it, I mean it was it was really interesting because um, those so. bunker edges now I mean it's not like you're putting a hard line on them I mean they're just growing right yeah the, the bunker edges are <clears throat> kind of unique too we we stacked sod okay. around it um, they Gill's group calls it revetment or revetting. Um, and it wasn't a lot, you know, at, at the most four or five pieces stacked on, on each other. And it wasn't so you could get that type of <clears throat> stack side look like you see in, on the Lynx courses in Scotland or Ireland. It was so you could get more of an, it's, it's, it makes more of an eyebrow look. But we right. don't have sharp edges on bunkers. We're not, you know, we trim the runners. Um, and, and trying to keep them looking a little bit like they were built, but so you try flex the whole place. No, we we use normal equipment. We we walk mow the greens, um, fairway mowers for fairways and triplexes for tees and, and around closer around the greens. Gotcha. Um, Man, <clears throat> we did have to buy all of our. I did have to outfit the whole course for our equipment before I even saw how the course was going to be finished so that was you had to order the equipment yeah huh so that was did you, did you do a good job we got, guessing we were in the ballpark good fairly close you got a roller you have a roller oh yeah all the normal stuff huh. range rollers you trying to get a free plug in there for somebody no no i just well i'm curious what what model he had or what brand well we've got we've got one of the bigger ones it's a smithco southco makes one just like it okay um probably could have used something the hair lighter earlier on um place plays incredibly firm um you know at palmetto you'd get half inch to an inch of rain and you have your head down the whole time just moping around because you knew what was coming <laughs> out here we can get two or three inches and i've never seen anything like it because oh. we've got pl plenty of steep bunker faces right i mean i've never seen that bunker wash really it just <coughs> it just soaks it up is never it natural it. g angle is that what you got going on out here <laughs> it's natural all right <laughs> how often are you changing cups just depends on play. Nice. When's the last time uh, somebody played here? From today, from when we sit. Um, day before yesterday, maybe. Okay. Maybe yesterday. So when you change the cups, you got to pay attention to the grain too, right? You got yeah. the guys dialed in on that since yeah. it's eagle. Do I've you got, do that? We talked about this the other day. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even. Yep. Yeah, we we try to line up our grain. Um, Kudos for that. I, extra touch 
Yeah, it's just li- just little things. I mean, you know how this cup stuff, liners paint. We do cup liners. Mm. Illegal, illegal cup liners. Yeah, yeah. It, um, is that because you're told to, or you like them? It's because I like them, and nobody said anything. <laughs> they do help. The, obviously, help the cup. Well, when you, I mean, we we have big greens, but not all of them are big. You know, you can't change cups every single day through right. the winter. Um, and when we have, you know, one group that comes in for a day and, and another group the next day, we only change cups if the we same don't want people. Yeah, we don't want right. a group playing the same yeah. cups from one day to the next. So the cup liners help in letting you leave them out there for a few days and they still look good. Right. I used them at Palmetto and Kisner and Brownie would lose their minds saying that they the kept, the, kept their balls from going in, right. ball, which was absurd. Yeah, but you know, then all the rest of the membership listens to them. Oh yeah, so you got rid of them for a while. After a while, they think Kisner's the expert, not you know I'm the expert. Right. I was tell them, and I told them, give us your hot take on the cart racing incident. Blown way out of proportion. Okay. Way out of proportion. Oh. That should have been a non-issue. Right. Should have been. Hey. Don't do that. Yeah, lost his membership. Supposedly, right after it happened, they, you know, they said he, he was no longer a member, but that was like for a day or two, I think. Cooler head prevailed. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, okay. It was, it was you weren't there then. I was there. Oh, you were there. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't in. I wasn't no. amongst it, but I. That was, was a he dangerous. Was <clears throat> well, the hill they went down was dangerous. The, the location probably was dangerous. But, uh, I see worse things with golf carts every single day on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man, there's I can't I don't even want to acknowledge what some kids do out there. Yeah, yeah, That's I was doing terrible. Want to talk about we we spoke that he's a good golfer, but he is the 2019 Georgia State champion. Uh, not Georgia State champion, but the superintendent champion. Correct. Yes. And I was rooting for you, runner up at the Carolinas Golf Course Tournament. Let's you talk look, about it real quick. Where did that frustration Blow come? Uh oh. I, he, he told me the story at the, the Sheraton that night. You were close. I was close. He had it. No, I just I, I was I was doing so well, just playing just playing golf and having fun, and I had two holes left, and that's when the switch flipped in my head. Oh, Rhett, you're playing good. You probably ought to try to get do a little bit better. <laughs> mm. And so that led to three putting my last. It wasn't really a three putt on my. It was three putt on my last hole, and and not getting up and down from two feet off the green on my second to last hole. Right. And then lose by two shots. Yeah. But I will say Caledonia. That was the first time I played Caledonia, and that ever is one of that is one awesome track. Nice. Really, really enjoyed that place. I'm- Enjoyed taking pictures there, and but I, I was I was trying to go for the twofer. Yeah, I, would, yeah, I got a little good greedy score. right there. I, I, I was doing so you so knew good. it going. You're like, oh, I, I could I could be holding two of these right now. I think probably halfway through the round he realized there's a chance. No, I, I thought there was a chance even before. I, I just I can win this. Look, you can win, Jesse. That would have been a good deal. What is that from? Oh well. Yeah. All right. So Murphy, uh, raw. Something we ask everybody: first car you drove. Ooh. It was a 1975 Volkswagen Rabbit. Oh, okay. I have to Google that one. It was orange with black wheels. The hubs and the wheels were all black. Oh my God, it was hideous. But it had it would it rocked out. 
But you had a good sound system in it. Yeah. So you were a thumper back in the day. Rapper like there was no Jim Steve rap, Miller rap or was, like Led uh, Zeppelin. Like where we where are we at here? Rap. This would have been eighty two. Yeah, Sugar Hill Gang. I don't there think he come out with rap, rap going on. There was. <laughs> I was kind of in the in the in the punk rock. Stuff. The Ramones, Some Clash, Ramones, Sex Pistols. Oh, definitely Sex yeah. Pistols. I never look looked. at him. He's having a moment. <laughs> you <laughs> just took him back somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Conversations you can't have with a current fourteen-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So another thing we need to get out of the way. Make sure we get in. What's a piece of advice you give a young and up-and-coming super? Play golf. Everybody you meet could be a potential mm. person to help you land a job somewhere. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's it's great to meet other superintendents for so many reasons. And if if you're looking to get a job as assistant, then that's that's the way to go. But once you're once you've been an assistant and you're looking for that head job, um, the people who are hiring the aren't other superintendents it's green committee chairmen it's golf pros so you've got to you've got to do other things you can't just be i worked at this club right um, leaning on their name the, the networking is is so crucial people who hire golf course superintendents i feel like get it only get it right Half the time, I, I don't really yeah. know, but I don't. They don't get it right very often. <laughs> We're talking okay. to you, Greens committees. <clears throat> you feel like they got it right here? I do, I do. It I, seems like it's talking to you I and think being this, on property. I think this place, I I fit, I fit this place perfect. So this could be it. I mean, I would do this job. I mean, until you're done. Until it's Social Security time. I don't think about compensation for this job. I think about, I just love being out here. Nice. Yeah. I just think about all the things, all the potential and how cool it is and how fun it is. And, yeah, you know, of course it's a job at times, but um, I'm the perfect person for this. I have no idea if they recognize that or not. I get a feeling they probably did. To some to some extent, but it's it, and it's because I came through people who I'd worked with before with Jim and Gill, but and and some other guys who were involved who were familiar with Palmetto. Palmetto, me getting hired at Palmetto was probably based on the fact that I was a, a former club champion. Sure, right, because they they probably value the playing <clears throat> side, and and I was the perfect person for Palmetto, but they got that by accident. <laughs> and that's funny. funny yeah that is pretty good all right and i'm not stout i'm not you know blowing my own horn for right. this because i'm by you know my whole career has been based on copying people finding information how people do things what works yeah i'm i'm no i'm no wizard i'm no i'm none of that stuff i've just i i don't have an ego i just like to talk and listen and try things that other people have done before me. Favorite yeah. course you ever played? Fisher's Island. Oh, you got up into the corner. Dang. 
gum. All right, Augusta, how many times? Probably 20 to 30. Golly. So I think you're the but, first guest we've had. But the best, make this quick, the best was I was in college at Augusta College, and they had started, they were starting to bring in new new faces to caddy. This was 86, I believe. And I hung out with the Augusta College golf team, and they were some of the first guys to get to be brought in to caddy. And this was the spring of 86. This was before all the course, all the volunteers for the tournament were were high school kids and all that stuff, and they paid them. So when the year was over, the season was over, they had a caddy day and an employee day, and that was it. Nobody else played the course. Caddy day, all the all the regular caddies they went fishing all of us new guys wanted to play golf they gave us a keg of beer barbecue and a golf cart and the Augusta College golf team and there were probably 12 or 16 of us and we played from 7 30 in the morning until they kicked us out at 7 that afternoon yeah we probably played the big course three times par three course a handful of times and this was before they lengthened it you could it was a you know if you were a reasonable golfer you could play from the same place they played the tournament from and you could get around it didn't mean you want to play good but you you know you could reach you know right. like now you can't reach half the holes from the back tees unless you hit it yeah. 290 yeah um <clears throat> that was we got that two years in a row and then word got out and that party ended but it was a lot of fun <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that's that a good one. So you're the, I think you're the first guest we've had that's been able to say yes, I've played there. We haven't had any others. Playing Cooper, never played Augusta. Mm, he might have, but we didn't ask back. Then. We didn't ask either. Yeah. Um, and Spears is officially irate because he hasn't, and he's you know from the area. And so, yeah. anyhow, um, it's just kind of funny. Now, now we've been twenty or thirty upped instead of one upped. Right. Well, I'm wondering if we want to play here, should we get Kim to send the email? Nah. <laughs> 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 All right, Randy. It's been good having you on the show today. Thanks, Big Al, taking yeah. his pot shot at me. Yeah. Well, you I need can. to listen to the Spears episode to understand what that meant. I will. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll show you how to put the podcast on your iPhone first. Yeah, I need to learn that. Yeah, we'll take care of that right now. <laughs> but anything else you think uh, you want to share with our listeners? We've taken up a lot of your time today. No, no, no. I'm glad glad to be doing this. I, I was... Uh, the other thing about moving to Georgia from the Carolinas was the, the association. The Georgia association is absolutely spectacular. Great guys. Tina is awesome. Um, the Carolinas, though, um, you know, I've been I've been a member with the Carolinas since what 90, 95, 96 maybe. Wow. And it's just you know so many people I know and and uh, so it's great. It's great. I'm in a great spot. Being Good for you, man. Associated with both groups, so yeah. Well, and we'll just clarify for everybody since we're only interviewing Carolina's members that are superintendents at this point in time, and we're in Georgia currently for the first of 2020. Maybe it's we're going to see our out-of-state members this year because he's still a Carolina's member. Is my long-winded point right. of that, right? And we appreciate you keeping your membership. My pleasure. And come to the show. Yeah. Good luck next year. Hope yeah. you win. <laughs> Do you take any classes this year? I did. I took a class on winter ultra dwarf management, and then I was a speaker in one of the other classes where um, I was probably the less 
the least uh, appreciated because I kind of missed the boat on some talking about some cool things with the two courses I've been at, but um, maybe I'll have another chance. He was setting that. the stage for him to come back. He's right. like, oh, well, I got more I got to tell. <laughs> Rhett Baker, the got some sequel. great snake pictures. Oh, cool. Yeah, with, we got to get that indigo snake on a leash, man. I think he'd slither out the leash. Because this thing is huge. Oh, is it? Five to seven feet out. Okay. I mean, and it's like big enough to swallow yeah. a rattlesnake. Well, I'm not going to do it getting near it. Muscle. Yeah. Well, thank you for muscle. having us. <laughs> uh, it, it, Tim's a big muscle sometimes. <laughs> oh. I got nothing for that. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you, Rhett. Happy 2020, everybody. Appreciate you listening and um, look forward to next month already. Well, I don't know if y'all got a very clear picture of what a hoopie looks like or is like from talking to Rhett, but if not, call me, call Rhett, call Big Al, but folks' words just ain't doing this place justice. Um, big thank you for uh, Randy for having us here again today. Al, you got anything you'd like to add? Rhett, thank you. Uh, it was oh, very Rhett, nice coming Rhett, down here. Sorry. I'm enjoying getting to go in places I know I really shouldn't be at, you know. By finishing your sentence with at? I shouldn't I, be at? I shouldn't be located. You didn't hire me because I'm an English major. You didn't I hire me, period. I don't know if I really hired you. Right, I was going right. to say. Uh, I didn't know if you lost the arm wrestling. Unfortunately, we didn't even get to see the golf course. Got to see the putting green or whatever green that was outside the window. I saw a little bit of it, but um, a couple holes. Yeah. It, I mean, just the property itself is phenomenal. Maintenance facility looked nice. Oh, my word. Yeah. Jimmy. Like, you ain't yes. never seen any place like this. Maintenance facility down there. He's speaking I mean, of Jim Huntoon. Who's I mean, obviously here with us. it's still new, so it's clean and whatnot. But it's. I'm glad it was raining. <laughs> Jim said he would have ridden down there with us just to see it. I've, I've had about eighteen or thirty-eight people that I've mentioned that I went said they they drive. I uh, I enjoy always trying to document where I go on my Instagram story and Cherokee Plantation. Oh, Hoopy got a, a quite a number of reactions. Yeah, most people are going. How'd you do that? How'd you get to go there? Are you sure? Are you serious? Did you get to play? You know? Did you not reply back? Do you not listen to the P Dub? Well, the, it's, it's not out yet. Oh, this but I mean, they, they. But you, who oh, you are. Yeah, that's yeah. how you're going. Oh, they, I mean, I mean, you're Big Al from the P Dub. So I should just tell them, listen to the episode and find out. I'm not telling you anything. No, you can just say I got there because I uh, am out okay, I got from you. the P Dub. I mean, just get it, embrace it. You are a turf celebrity. I'm not. Have a, I mailed you a hat? No, I think I have. You haven't mailed me a hat. I've hand delivered you some. Oh, so that ton. makes you a turf celebrity. Uh, I am not embracing that. Since we do have Jim Huntoon sitting here, something I want to bring up. It's kind of like a courtesy. What's the cutoff time you will text a superintendent at night? Whoa, member. Some yeah, we're not talking Chuck Conley, which we need to come up with a alter ego, and let's don't say Chuck Conley in 2020 anymore. Let's call him not Santa Claus because that hurts people's feelings. Which you've already brought it up. Yeah, this will be the last time we say. Let's Chuck. call him Bulldog. Okay, there He's you a go. Georgia Bulldog. From now on, he'll be referenced. So if we're going to talk about yes, Bulldog. There you go. Not including Bulldog. Right. What about Bulldog's friends? No, no, no friends here. Let's uh, well, even friends. What if we're out at the golf industry show? Kyle Trainum. What's the latest? You'll text Kyle Trainum. Have or will? Will on a weeknight when you just need to ask a question, not when y'all going to meet somewhere. Oh, probably with Kyle, no later than nine. Right. 
I was thinking 839 is kind of the cutoff period. For Kyle. All right, what about anybody else? Earlier than that? Anybody earlier than that? Or that's your main superintendent cutoff time? Well, look here. Professionally, folks, we close at 430. Let's cut it off. Oh, wow. I'm just saying, I mean. Okay. This is, this is what we do for a living. This ain't our life. You get the difference? Like, when you go home from work, should you not be able to not have to hear from your GM for a while? Okay, let's take Mr. Huntoon here. This is where it all comes from. One night. Oh, oh, oh I got you. It was after. So I he remember. text you kind of late. Is this where no, you're no, going? No, no, with no, this? no, 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 no. Romances don't count. <laughs> this is out of respect and superintendents in general. I'm just oh, talking about I'll, time. I'll circle back around with a better answer. A, a South Carolina PGA player got in some recent trouble, and I, I texted to him, and uh, and it was I was I remember sitting in my office at eight thirty two debating should I send it or should I not Is it too late Do you think he's in bed And I said oh. You know what It's not too late I'll send it to him It's not nine o'clock yet Luckily the next day is when I had to go to Winston Salem I was getting up at five What t- I think he texted me at four forty I get up at four forty five Yeah he texted me It was before five a.m. I was like What the hell is so that? here's the game. <laughs> If they're in bed, they have every right to text you immediately when they wake up. Oh, I understand. Yes, that's my second part. There is no time off limits in the morning. They're up. Now, I will tell you, I had to learn that the hard way. I've had some presidents where the expectations were, if I'm up, you need right. to be talking to me. Right. Which I had to say to them, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't have a puppy or a newborn anymore. I don't have to be up that early. I will say Chris Miller and uh, my dad, I used to have on... I can't remember what you, you do not disturb them where they can't call you before. And I set the time at 7 a.m. because they were notorious for dinging me at 5.30 when I didn't have to be up. But, uh, okay, cool. No time limit. No, I think out of respect, it, it's all relationship-based for me when it comes to texting, right? If it's something, the only reason I'm texting you is because I know you. And so there's a comfort level in Already, right. I think I can kind of gauge that. So there's not really a standard. But if it's somebody new or et cetera, I'm not texting you to do business or to even communicate, really. Right? That's the beauty of the email. I got you. So here's the way it's always been told Which to you me, can do right? it anytime. Yeah, email. And, and I think the polite thought for an email was something like 24 to 48 hours. Text message, it was 20 to 40 minutes or something like that phone call it was when convenient but it and it was this study that i heard on something okay. or whatever but you know suggested acceptable communication return times within huh. whatever realm and i'm sitting here thinking to myself well that's got to have a I caveat know. to it like yeah, I mean, it all a... depends on who the heck it is and what they want okay i mean I, i'm here to serve i respond to everybody equally in a fair amount of time sounds like you've been taking business class I did study business. That's why I'm here, Alan. Well, good. Did you learn that response I, time? I do not have an agronomy degree, folks. Do you I continue have a sports your... marketing <laughs> business degree from Clemson University. Do you have to continue education hours? Um, if I wanted letters. You remember uh, our last? Oh, yeah. Our, our, our special edition episode, we discussed how you earn letters. Speaking of, I hope everybody got a chance to listen to that and, uh, and take that kind of stuff serious. Yeah. Hopefully one. At least one person over the holidays took note of it and said, hey, it's time. Yep. You know, and took a hard look internally. Or were able to talk to one of their friends about it. Well, being January 1st, you got any New Year's resolutions? I do. You care to share those? Yeah. What you got? I'm going to walk three half marathons this year. Walk three and a half marathons? No. I'm going to walk 
three half marathons this year. Okay. Complete them in competition. I said three and a half marathons. (laughs) No, I mean, I'll have that knocked out in practice, no problem. But, yeah, I'm going to do three. Wrap it up with Keo at the end of the year. You already got them booked, planned? Nope. You going to do the Disney Princess run? Disney Princess run? No. If I, I did realize that if I'm on the Disney cruise, the cardiologist said it's okay to enjoy yourself for a week, the pores would not be happy with me in the morning sweating. Um, right. I got gotcha. you. Uh, on a Disney excursion. Plus, there's absolutely no need to run with um, my age kids. I don't have to chase anything anymore. Right. Right. We walk on the cruises. Cool. Think I'll do the old traditional try and lose weight. You know what I'm saying? That's the easy go to. How are you going to try? What are Cut you out do? sodas, drink more water, get some exercise in this regiment. So it's funny that you say that, but that's my whole rationale, right? So you just Walk talked more. about our special edition episode, mm-hmm. mental health. Yep. I, I'm a firm believer that you can't, I'm not going to say you can't. Two things go hand in hand mental and physical health. And so a good way to achieving mental health balance is to get physically active. Correct. So regardless of what your 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 Apple Watch or your Fitbit, et cetera, says that you've done in a day because you've exerted yourself this, that, or the other, you need to have at least 30 minutes of committed exercise a day to something specific. Make yourself sweat. So I don't care if that's walking, running, et cetera, whatever it is. So that's that's where we're at. So that's what comes hand in hand with the three half marathons is to physically and mentally yep. f- be more well fit this year. Good for you. Same here. Everybody come see us at GIS, right? I'm going to follow up with this on you. Yeah. Let's, let's, I'll weigh in right now if you got a scale. I was going to say let's do a monthly weigh-in from now until episode 24 since this is 13, right? Yeah, or yes. is this season 2, episode 1? This is season one. 2, episode 1, definitely. All right, that's 2E1. Here we go. <laughs> so we couldn't Move even right in. We couldn't even count what episode we're on now. We're going to start doing that. Oh, Is this yeah. S two E two or E three? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's going to be S two all year. Once we get into the S and the double digits, and we can have problems. Uh. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Nothing Happy else? New Year. I don't think so. You sure? You got all the notes covered? Yeah. Everything we want to talk about. Scripts and headphones this year, folks. New season. Pulling weeds. Episode two. Season two, episode one. Beautiful. Huntoon is, this is so awesome watching you with these books. S2E1. If it's got plastic on it, please don't rip it. I mean, it's like we just let a kid in a Lego store. Yeah, we have an older version of that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and uh, leave that review for Tim. Help, help get us up to that toothbrush level. Five stars on the apples, and even if you're not a member, you can join. Feel free. Give us a holler. Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds, brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture. Want to become a member of the Carolinas GCSA? Visit carolinasgcsa.org for more information. Or call the office at 800-476-4272. Follow the show on Twitter at Pullin' underscore Weeds. Or on Facebook at Pullin' Weeds Podcast. 